Today, I want to discuss some issues involving Keith Ellison, candidate for Democratic National Committee Chair. Um, so, who is Keith Ellison? Uh, some background, he is the representative for Minnesota's 5th Congressional District and has been since his election in 2007. He's also the first Muslim elected to Congress. Over the past few weeks, there's been uh, some talk that going around the internet and around the media that Ellison is an anti-Semite and that as such, he should not be elected as DNC chair. So let's just dive right in and set the stage for what's really going on. Um, so some overview on the comments that got us to this point. Basically, um, there was some audio released of Ellison speaking at a fundraising event for a fellow Muslim who was running for political office in Virginia. Uh, and the audience appears to be a majority or entirely Muslim. Uh, and he mostly talked about being a better organized, uh, better organized as a community uh, and, and drawing parallels from the pro-Israel organizations such as APAC and how the Muslim community can learn from that and be more organized along the same lines that APAC and other pro-Israel organizations have kind of structured themselves. So here are some quotes from Ellison's comments, and then I'll read you the quote that's been really circulating and that's been really getting the most play and caused people to say that he is an anti-Semite. So this first quote, and this is not to say that I don't want the U.S. to be friends with Israel. I just want the United States to have a lot of friends. Uh, so talking about the United States relationship with Israel and, versus its relationship with other Middle Eastern and Northern African nations. Another quote. The question is, with all of us here, we ought to be able to do at least as much. You understand what I'm trying to say? So kind of drawing parallels to the breadth of the diaspora community of Muslims in the United States to that of Jews in the United States and how there's a lack of organization within the Muslim community compared to the Jewish community. And so this next quote is what's been circulating. Uh, it's It was released by Steve Emerson of the Investigative Project on Terrorism. Um, who he's actually recognized by the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, on a list of anti-Muslim extremists. So you already know that his views are going to be a little skewed when he's talking about a Muslim. And this is the quote that the Anti-Defamation League uh, used to label Keith Ellison as an anti-Semite uh, and call his views, quote, both deeply disturbing and disqualifying, unquote. 
from his uh, from his race for DNC chair. Um, so the quote is, the United States foreign policy in the Middle East is governed by what is good or bad through a country of 7 million people, referring to Israel. A region of 350 million all turns on a country of 7 million. Does that make sense? Is that logic? So what he's implying is that U.S. foreign policy revolves more around Israel's needs than the needs and issues uh, of other Arab and Muslim countries in the region. And, I mean, he is kind of right. Um, everything is, well, how does this affect Israel when it comes to foreign policy in the Middle East? And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you should always consider kind of the odd one out in that scenario because you can't do something that's going to, in the worst case scenario, jeopardize a nation of 7 million people. But his frustration is that the rest of the inhabitants of that region are being ignored because such a focus is being put on the affairs of Israel. So to me, this seems as though Ellison is pointing out aspects he either admires or wishes to emulate from the pro-Israel movement um, to movements that support relations with other Muslim and Arab nations. You know, yes, there are points where he seems to paint Israel in a negative light or to not particularly agree with or like Israel, but I think generally he's right. For me, what was odd was listening to his remarks. I'll, I'll leave a link in the description to the full 22 minutes of remarks that he gave. Um, I always highly encourage going back to the original source, and especially if something was very short and clearly taken out of context, to put it in context and really understand where the speaker is coming from. So, you know, going back and listening to these remarks... Hearing something negative about Israel, I I kind of had like an immediate reaction of, you know, this is wrong, or is this anti-Semitic? Like all the alarm bells in my brain were going off on red alert, like woo, woo, you know, all the things I'd learned in college and at my Jewish high school about both questioning everything I hear and also all the lessons I'd learned in combating anti-Semitism were like flying through my brain at once. So, you know, thank goodness I've always been taught in school to question what I hear and what I think. Because I realized, listening to Ellison's remarks, that I didn't disagree with him really. You know, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, my brain was trained to react in a defensive way to these comments, even though in reality I, I don't really disagree with the ideas uh, that he's he's disagreeing with. Um like building more settlements in the West Bank. I don't I don't agree with that. That's something that I don't agree with, but I heard him say it and immediately my brain went into overdrive analyzing it and like getting ready to defend it. And that's just because I I've been trained that's the culture that I was brought up in was 
people don't like Jews, people don't like Israel out there. Um, that's not to say that everyone feels that way, but there are people who feel that way. And you have to be ready to defend yourself, your views, your people, your nation. So hearing those remarks, it, it was weird for me to have this this immediate reaction to all these different criticisms of is of Israel but then realized that I actually kind of agree with a lot of the things he was saying. So I can see how many in the Jewish community could, and outside the Jewish community as well, kind of speaking about this issue and analyzing it and dissecting it. I can see how many people could interpret these remarks, especially those in that quote uh, released by Steve Emerson as anti-Semitic. I can see how that can be viewed as that on the surface. Um, what we can't do is take these statements or analyses at face value, you know, especially with the looming four years of a Trump presidency. We're going to dive into that more, but first, you know, we got to pay some more bills. Today's podcast is brought to us by Christmas 2017. Stressed about getting all your gifts in time for this year? Think about how you'll feel 382 days from now. Why wait? Don't put off buying Christmas 2017 gifts until next year. Stock up now and save yourself the hassle. Think about it. Why would you let your secret hiding places go to waste all year long when you can simply use them to hide next year's presents starting right now? Nobody will ever, ever suspect it. I'm totally serious. Why would you look for Christmas presents three days after Christmas? Think about it. So hop to it and feel that holiday cheer. Not just for this one but also next year. So let's let's talk about implications. Um, first off, I, d I don't think that Keith Ellison is an anti-Semite. Do I think that he is a staunch supporter of Israel? No. I think that he has issues that are more important to him, but I do think he supports Israel, and quite honestly, sometimes the greatest supporters of a cause can also be the ones most blind to some of the not-so-savory aspects of it. So to me, you know, this isn't really a big deal. What is a big deal to me, and I hope is a big deal to lots of other people out there, is the Anti-Defamation League's response to Ellison's comments, which were clearly taken out of context. I mean, had it been a whole speech that seemed suspect upon first look but wasn't truly anti-Semitic upon further inspection, I would have cut the ADL some slack. But when the Anti-Defamation League is actually the one doing the defaming. That's a problem. You know, the Anti-Defamation League is supposed to be protecting everyday Americans from things like this. And the fact that they can't understand that the audio that was initially released by Steve Emerson was just a clip from a larger speech and that they didn't go through and listen to the entirety of that speech or that they did and didn't care or didn't see what was actually going on with these words is a problem. And it's especially important in these uncharted waters we're heading into, you know, these next four years are ones where facts and logic may not matter. I mean, we've already seen as much in the campaign. We cannot allow the very institutions that are supposed to stand firm and protect American citizens, protect our liberties and our values as a nation to bend to the will of 
of donors who simply want their issue to be the most important at whatever cost it to our freedoms as a people. You know, and, and that's what I feel has happened with the ADL in this instance where they have been swayed to a conclusion by money and influence over logic and honesty. You know, we must make our voices known, not only to our elected representatives, but to organizations that are supposed to hold up our democratic values. You know, our, our duty as Americans in these uncertain times is to hold all around us to a higher moral standard, um, to really be that city on a hill, that beacon of hope that the rest of the world uh, can look to and rely on. I, I know I keep harping on this, but it's true. We may not have asked for this responsibility as individuals, but it is ours and we must be better. You know, we must be better for the world. Be better because very few others have the clout to influence nations, influence movements, and inspire the hearts of individuals like we do. I mean, the United States of America is a quite a unique nation around the world. Even though we may not be viewed all that favorably at this point in time around the world, we still have that ability to inspire people throughout this earth and show them that, yes, there can be a better day, there can be better times coming forward, but it's all up to you. And I don't think we're living up to that standard right now, uh, especially if we're allowing organizations like the ADL to fall short of that. So with that, I just want to say that I do like Keith Ellison. Um, and as of now, he's my choice for DNC chair. I don't, uh, you know, I haven't really done as much research on other candidates, but that is where I stand as of today, December 8th. So thanks everyone for listening. I know this was a much shorter pod than usual, but this is a pretty cut and dry issue for me. I didn't want to spend too much time on it. Just wanted to get you the information and get you on your way. If you like the show, please tell your friends. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Sandwich Legend. Please like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash 21 Millennial Thought. That's 21 Millennial Thought. Um, and don't forget to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also on Google Play Music as well. And we just got on Stitcher. So if uh, you listen to your podcast in either of those places, go ahead and subscribe there. So thanks. And I'll catch you guys next week. Deuces. So hop to it.
Are you serious, Siri? Get the fuck out of here. Messed up my ad read. <laughs>